Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Hey, David. So, Anthony. <laughs> hey, David. I know how you usually start the show with a crazy news story. All right. But I'm very pleased today that I have a news story. Now, I Wait, lost it. do you have a uh, story that's brand new? Or you have a story from the news? Yep. So, from the news, a news story that has come out, uh, but in perfect David fashion... I have misplaced it on my cellular device. Ah. Now, can I find it? Maybe, but it would take some searching that we just don't have time for because here we go. Okay. So apparently, uh, there's this guy in Australia who claims that during the 90s, he ended some droughts in Australia. So, okay, like he... uh... He ended droughts because he helped water conservation, or like uh, no, nothing so mundane. Like irrigation, like like no, 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 was... no. Okay, you're think. Okay, you're thinking with your like reality brain. Right. I need you to tap into that sci-fi brain that all of us have uh-huh. that allows us to believe things. I don't know, like warp drives on the Starship Enterprise. Aliens. Anywho, the aliens did it. No, no. This is a dude okay. named Miles from Australia. Okay, well, I have a theory that most Australians are probably aliens anyways, but go ahead, continue. So, he claims that during the 90s, him and his company secretly, of course, secretly, free of charge and secretly, uh, ended some droughts in Australia by making it rain. How do you ask, Anthony? How? How? Okay, this is how, okay, are you familiar with Einstein-Rosen bridges? Uh, only Einstein. I don't know Rose nor Bridges. Okay. Uh, okay, no. It's not a law firm. Okay. I know that's the way your brain thinks. But Einstein, Rosen, and Bridges are not... It's not a law firm. Uh, okay. Who okay. are they? It, mm. Okay. Einstein had a theory that there could be... Uh, uh, that space and time kind of folded on itself like a sheet a little bit. And if you poked a hole through that sheet, you could, t- from our perspective, travel a great distance just by going through this wormhole. Yeah, he may say that, but, I mean, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. That was a... Einstein relativity joke? I think our audience is smart enough to pick up on the Einstein relativity joke. Sure, sure, sure. I will never ever accuse our audience of not being smart enough to understand our humor. I think they might be too smart sometimes to get her. My sister Christine, bless her heart, I'll say something that's like low-level stupid idiot stuff, which is like my wheelhouse when it comes to humor, especially on the family. that's where you live. And she's like, like, everyone's laughing, I just don't get it. Like, And she's like trying to find the deeper or bigger meaning to whatever my joke was. Like, no, Christine, that was, I'm just, you're just... I'm just being dumb. You're being smart. I don't. So anyway, uh, she's the best. Uh, what was I talking about? Okay, so supposedly this guy, this is what he does. He he goes through an Einstein-Rosen bridge, okay. creates a wormhole, goes through it, okay. and then he manipulates the weather in the future. Oh, so he's a time-traveling weather influencer. No, no, no. He's a space-time-traveling yeah weather influencer okay but okay but even if he were to go to the future how does he change the weather that's a great question anthony uh-huh that's a secret oh we can't <laughs> tell anyone so now that's like that's like the guy in the job interview it's like if you ha- i've got i've got a 13 point plan to turn this company around I'm like okay well what's the plan well, I can't tell you, obviously. I can't give it away. I don't work for <laughs> you. you. Need, yeah, you need to hire me so I can tell you. So imagine what this Miles cat is going to do. He's going to be like, yeah, I got the technology ready to roll. You just have to pay me this time. I'm not going to save you like I did 30 years ago or 20 years ago in the 90s. Uh-huh. And I bet the people are going to say, good day, mate. <laughs> yeah. And ask him to leave. Uh-huh. At least I hope they do. Okay. That's not an Einstein-Rosenbridge. <laughs> That's an Einstein-Rosenbridge. 
So this guy's still alive and like Crocodile Dundee. Did he just make this reveal now? Yes. Okay, so this is that's why it's in the news because that's he why just, it's in the news. He just came forward that he's the one who's. Okay, so why did why my question for him? I know you can't speak for Miles. I cannot. Uh, why do we still have droughts, Miles? Like, if you're able to stop a drought, why not stop all droughts? What a selfish jerk! What a selfish, terrible jerk! There are people. There are tribes. All over the place that have no technology. There that are would, bugs that are thirsty. Thirsty bugs? Yeah. I was going to talk about like poor people who needed food. Yeah. You're talking about bugs? Well, it all starts somewhere. Food chain. Increase the number of bugs, save the environment? Yep. I want fewer bugs. I want fewer bugs because the animals that I eat, that they eat, that they eat, ate the bugs. Huh? Yep. Sounds like an episode of Wild Kratts. Oh, right, yeah. Wild Kratts. Right. Well, Did you not know what Wild Kratts yeah. is? Your kids watch it all the time. Okay, here's here's where I thought you were going with this story, was that he was trying time, time traveling to the future because he's from Australia, so technically everything he does is in the future to us. But that's not it. No, he he's legitimately is saying, claiming he goes through a wormhole, a la Star Trek, and actually manipulates the weather in the future. He can't manipulate uh, the weather now, because that would require, I don't know, proof. But... What he can do is manipulate it in the future okay. in a super secret way that he's not going to reveal. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I give him a pass because he's from Australia. And if you live in Australia, you're bound to get bit by something that will kill you or alter your brain. And and so obviously he falls in the ladder, um, which also feeds into my theory that most Australians are actually aliens because otherwise, if you actually live there, you would either die or be insane. <gasps> That's why they call them Australians. David, we've been waiting half a year to talk about baseball. When baseball would finally get interesting. Yeah. And now it's interesting. Yeah. Except that it's not interesting because the Nats are just a behemoth. And and the last time they lost was game four of the NLDS to the Dodgers. A long time ago. That's a long time ago. They've won what four, five, seven straight games. Is that right? It's more than seven. that. It's like it's like fifteen out of the last seventeen going back to the regular season or something like that. Yeah, but seven seven straight, and um, they look they look amazing. I mean, they they don't have other than the pitching staff. You know, they don't have like that one guy that jumps out at you. Strike that. They do now. Soto. That guy is amazing. He, they said it 14 times on the broadcast the other night. He's 20 years old, right? Or is he 21 now? 20 years old, I think. He's turning 21 at the end of the month, I think. Yeah, and um, and he's he's rewriting the record books. I mean, he's joining like Mickey Mantle as like youngest players to do this and that. I think it was, Stan, was Stan Musial? Yeah, Stan I mean, the like, man from St. Louis. Anytime you're in a in a very small list with Mickey Mantle or Stan Musial or any of like the all time greats, obviously you're doing something right. Um, but the Nats, they're just fun to watch right now. I'm not really pulling for any team in the World Series. Um, I was just hoping for a fun series. And it hasn't been super... Com- Strike that again. The games have been competitive until like the 5th, 6th inning. Yes, right? well, game game 1 went 5-4, right, in favor of the Nats. But yeah, this they came, game the, two, the Astros came back at the end to, right. to make, it, make it scary. Yeah. Game 2, I told my wife, uh, after the bottom of the 1st, I was like, oh, it's 2-0, right? 2-0 uh, Astros with... Uh, 
uh, Verlander on the mound. I think they're going to do all right. I think the Astros are going to win this game. Lo and behold, the the Nats bats woke up. Kurt Suzuki is one of my favorite people in the world now. <laughs> Dude's awesome. He's like yeah. 75 years old. Love his motorcycles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hits a home run. Great. First first Hawaiian-born player to hit a home run in the World Series. Re- Wait, what about um the guy who used to play on the Phillies? The outfielder. Which one? That was like... Maybe he wasn't born in Hawaii. Maybe he just lived there. The bald guy... Oh, okay. I have to look up. What was it? Like 2000... The bald guy from Philadelphia who played <laughs> baseball who was also from Hawaii. Let's see what that... Uh, let's see what that Google search what brings back. But, but for me, while you're looking that up, while our, uh, as I burp, and as you get that pulled up, what surprised me the most about this... Shane Victorino. Yeah, why Luku Hawaii? Did he not hit a home run? Feels like he hit a home run. Maybe he didn't. Okay. All right, continue. We'll we'll figure it out. The thing that surprised me the most about uh, game two, especially, uh-huh. was the Nationals. Well, and the Astros too, to some extent, uh, eliminated the strength of the Astros. So the Astros' strengths are starting pitching. Right. Uh, and they had Garrett Cole going, so when they got two runs, I thought they're going to win. Mm-hmm. So they they uh, neutralized the starting pitching. The defense did not show up, right? The defense made a few uh, a few crucial mistakes. You talking about game two? Mm-hmm. The Astros defense Verlander made a game. few, yeah. yeah, made a few crucial mistakes, and their bats just went silent after the first inning. Okay, it took uh, Strasburg a, set, uh, a minute to settle down, but once he did, he threw six great innings, yeah, and really shut them down after the first inning. So, I mean. It was everything that you would not have expected to happen. No one would have thought that if, if you said Verlander's going mm-hmm. and they're going to put up 12. <laughs> no one would have thought Verlander or that staff would have given up 12 runs in this game. Yeah. But the Nationals' bats are getting hot at just the right time. And it's been really fun to watch, especially that Kurt Suzuki home run right. to break the tie. Because that really got him going, yeah. It did. And then, there was, and then Alex Rodriguez loved this game because there were no home runs to ruin the rally they had going, right? <laughs> Those rally-killing home runs that he likes to talk about. Get out of here with that, A-Rod. You know how I feel about that. You're amazing. You're, you're a great guy, I guess. No, you're probably not a great guy. I don't I know anything am. about you. The only thing I know I about know you... A-Rod. The only thing I know about you is that you're from Miami. Uh, you're married to Jennifer Lopez now. And you say silly things about baseball sometimes. Doesn't he have a centaur painting of himself? What? Like a painting of himself where the upper portion of the centaur is him. What? And then it's obviously horse on the bottom half. What? I feel like this is a real thing. My turn to do some research. Uh, yeah, you you Google that. You give, give us your thoughts about how how are the Nationals doing this? Like they, they absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. baseball's random. Don't I mean? It's impossible to guess how any team's gonna do, but they have really been the best team, at least in the NL. And I think maybe even in baseball. Since if you take like from the end of May moving forward, they started off super poorly. You, they mentioned it a number of times during the broadcast. They were nineteen and thirty-one in late May. And I'm uh, <laughs> just looking over at your phone, and I've seen a bunch of A-Rod Centaur There's a bobblehead. <laughs> There's a bobblehead picture. You don't want the images. You want a story. I don't... <laughs> okay. I don't know how they're doing. I'm going to be in this zone for a minute, okay. so keep doing your thing. Well, okay, but no, one thing I want to talk to you about, and I wanted your opinion on this. <laughs> okay, that's a weird picture. Um, if you had... If you had to have one picture, David... Uh-huh. To pitch a World Series game, okay? And your two options were Justin Verlander or Clayton Kershaw. Your gut reaction, who do you go with? 
I go with Verlander because he's been wildly successful in the postseason. Because he's a shutdown pitcher in That's the postseason, right? That's right, right 100%. Okay. And that that is a narrative, and he's obviously a very good pitcher, a great pitcher, one of the greatest of his generation. Do you know what his World Series record is? Justin Verlander? Yes. If Off the top of my head, I would say something like, I mean, the way we talk about him, I would say something like 4-1. and one. Yeah. He's 0-5. What? He's never recorded a win in the World Series. He's never recorded a win in the World Series. That's right. Clayton Kershaw doesn't have a great record either. He's 1-2, and two, right? They have a similar number of starts. A lot of Kershaw's have been no decisions. Verlander's, uh, a lot of his have been losses. ERA. You would think, okay, well, Verlander's team just didn't show up, right? And so maybe that's why they lost. Happens. Um, Verlander's ERA in the World Series? 5.73, I think it was. Ooh. Uh, 5.7 something. And then... How about 5.76? That's what I wrote you, but I think it's actually three. Huh. Yeah. I think I mis- mistyped. Uh, Kershaw's? 5.4. Not good. Neither of those are good ERAs. Um, I guess you take into account when you're in the World Series, you're probably playing a really good team. Maybe that bumps your ERA up one. I don't know. Either way, neither of them are stellar pitchers in the World Series. But when you think about them without like thinking about the stats, I too had the same reaction as you. I thought, well, you know, Kershaw, he kind of gives up uh, big hits and bad times in the in the World Series and in the, in the playoffs in general. And so, yeah, if I were going one game, I'd go Kershaw in the World or I'd go Verland in the World Series. But the stats, um, I mean, it's really a pick 'em, right? The ERA is very similar, and, and maybe the Dodgers scored more runs than the Astros did in those losses. And so, it just something I want to talk about was the narrative that that surrounds a player in a team sport, especially a pitcher who plays once every five days. Um, in a team sport, Verlander has a reputation as if you need one guy on the mound to get you a win in a clutch, crucial situation, Justin Verlander. He's the guy to go to. Um, and the guy you absolutely do not want on the mound is Clayton Kershaw, when actually their results are pretty similar. They're, they're basically the same guy in the playoffs. Yeah. Or they've had similar results. Or at least in the in World the Series. I think Verlander yeah. may have. His earlier playoff rounds are probably better than Kershaw's. Right. But I think ERA is the is what we need to look at when we're looking at pitchers. Yeah. Like championships and wins, losses, that isn't a really good idea into a good look into how good a pitcher is. But they've given up five and a half runs per game in the mm-hmm. World Series, basically. So they're kind of yeah. the same guy in that way. But Verlander gets this reputation. It's and we've talked about this on the show quite a bit. If you get a win, you're golden in everything else. Right? Everything else you do from then on has that, that magical uh, Super Bowl sprinkle or that magic World Series sprinkle on it mm-hmm. where everything you do then becomes better. And if you're like the Patriots and you've won six in the last four years, however many they've done in the last whatever, yeah. th- that every time you put a little more Super Bowl dust on there, it gets more and more magical. And then to the point where if they cut a player, everyone's like, ooh, I wonder what's wrong with that player right. instead of did they make a mistake here. Yeah. Right. So Verlander gets some of that sprinkle on him where, of course, he's people love him in Houston, but... He hasn't pitched well in the World Series. In fact, he is, I mean, five straight losses. And that's, I think that's, he has not, the counting, four, that's not counting no decisions. Yeah. I, he has, like, the third or fourth highest ERA among pitchers who have pitched at least five times in the World Series. Not great. Right. So what's, which, which, notably, I mean, it's a small group of pitchers who have pitched five times in the World Series. Right. But, I mean, but still. I would rather have Max Scherzer. Yeah. Or Strasburg. Or Garrett Cole, who also <laughs> lost yesterday. Yeah. So... Um, 
part of it too is like it's just a small sample size, right? So like you take a 300 hitter, they don't hit 300 every game or every month, right? Or every quarter or half of the season. I mean, Bellinger ended up just above 300, but you look at his splits pre-All-Star game, post-All-Star game, he's a completely different hitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hitters will go through weeks and months where they're hitting 200, and then another week or month they're hitting 400. Same thing with pitchers. They're going to post a 3-4 ERA in one month, and the great ones, they're going to post a 0 or 1 in like four consecutive starts, right? Yep. And it, it balances out, and so it's just a matter of, and I don't know what the secret is, and if anyone knows what the secret is, they're making millions of dollars managing uh, baseball or being in the front office of how you how you unlock that or how you how you activate that you know that hot streak in in a player at the right time. Uh, it's one of those frustrating things as a fan because you watch a team over the course of a season and you have in your mind, oh, they're a really good team because over the course of the season they were really really good, right? And then you get into a series and they lose or they don't perform how they do. And you say, well, what's wrong with them? And then nothing's wrong with them. It's just this particular week was a down week. Right. I think baseball is the hardest sport to bet just yeah. because of the random nature game to of baseball. Game. Yes. I mean, it's really difficult. And even series to series, right? Yeah. Like, who would have thought that the Nationals would be up 2 nothing after facing Garrett Cole and <laughs> Justin Verlander? Garrett Cole right. has lost twice since May. <laughs> That's crazy. Garrett Cole has lost twice since May, and he happens to do it in the biggest game of the year for him. But Garrett Cole, uh, Justin Verlander is going to pitch again. Garrett Cole is going to pitch again unless the Nationals can win the next two in D.C. Do you think uh, Major League Baseball finally found the placement of the Astros' illegal cameras, and they're not using them anymore, and that's why they're not winning? Okay, ready for this? Ready for a hot take from Dave? Yeah. Sign stealing is on the people who are getting the sign stolen from. Yeah. Be it's better. not illegal. Be better at not having your sign stolen. It's not In fact, the, rules. the Astros, when they were playing, uh, I forgot who they pl- who they played before. No, it wasn't the Yankees. It was the team before that, the Rays, I think. Yeah. The Rays had a really hot pitcher, but the pitcher would leave his glove up high when he was throwing a breaking ball, mm-hmm. and it came down low when he was throwing a fastball. And so uh, Bregman, who's one of their best hitters, Astros' best hitters, not lately, but one of their best hitters, came into uh, the on-deck circle for the next guy that was hitting, like basically grabbed the guy by the helmet and was like, if his glove is low, it's a fastball. If his glove is high, it's a breaking ball or one of those other things. Yeah. And so the Astros just cleaned that guy's clock because they knew what pitch well, was coming, right? And, and that's totally legal. It's on the pitcher to have the same routine and stuff, right? I stole I stole signs from the catcher when I was uh, in playing baseball. If I was on second base and I saw that, that smart catcher throw down just a one and that's it, yeah. I was going to hold up my fist and let the guy know, like, you get a fastball, right? It's just something that we did. And so this is completely on the other team to hide their signs better. So whenever a team accuses another team of sign stealing, I'm just like, baseball better. Right. And this is exactly what happened to the Dodgers in 2017 against the Astros. You Darvish was tipping his pitches. Hmm. And the Astros, uh, at least uh, someone from the Astros said that he was doing so. And uh, that's why they were able to demolish him. I, he didn't get out of the second inning, right? Dang. So what, what was he doing to tip off his pitches? I don't know. It was something with the glove, yeah. Hmm. But it, I, I can't tell you exactly. Well, and what, but... but, but Someone on the Dodgers or someone on the team that's tipping the pitches, they need to be watching the pitcher as well. They need to be trying to figure out if he's tipping his pitches, and they need to correct it before the other team catches on. Right. So this whole this whole sign stealing controversy is a non controversy. Sign stealing in baseball has no. been going on since they've been throwing like dung balls around in fields in the eighteen hundreds. Well, in, in baseball of all the sports is one that embraces cheating. Now this isn't cheating; it's not against the rules. 
But baseball of all sports is one where, yeah, you can have a little extra suntan lotion on your forearm if you're a pitcher, get a little extra grip on the ball, a little bit of pine tar under the brim of your hat. And, and it kind of, you know, everyone looks to the side, doesn't make a big deal about it. When you get too egregious, someone might make us think about it. But for the most part, a little bit, there's a little bit of wiggle room on those kind of uh, uh, unwritten rules, right? Have you noticed that the foreign substance on pitchers thing kind of went away this year? It's gone, yeah. No one's even, because even the batters are like, hey, tell you what, you're throwing the ball 95 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. I want, I don't want it to slip. I don't want a John Carlos Stanton situation going on up in my face. Right. So tell you what, get a little extra grip on that ball. Maybe you'll get a little bit of more spin on a slider or something, but I don't care, right? Well, so, anyway. So, uh, I mean, this series could be over by the next time. I'm, what, game five is, would be, or I guess game four is Saturday. Could be over by Saturday. That would be crazy. Game five Sunday, and then I think they take a day off. So if it goes six. We may talk again before then, maybe. Something I haven't heard a lot of analysts and people talk, uh, talking about is the rest that the Nationals were able to get before the series. They mm-hmm. swept the they swept the Cardinals. Cardinals. They swept the Cardinals, and then they were able to get their uh, get their pitching uh, order set up exactly the way they wanted it, right? Yeah. So they were able to get Scherzer, and they were able to get uh, Strasburg, not only on rest, but they had to throw bullpen sessions in order right. to stay within their rhythm and stay on their schedule, right? And flip that, the Astros... We're coming straight from a seven-game series with the Yankees and had to come in and play right away. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Yeah, baseball players have played a lot of games. They play a lot of games. They're used to it, whatever. But, I mean, they play 162 games during the year, and then, hey, let's go play a bunch more in the playoffs. I mean, that has to wear on the on their team, especially the catchers and the pitchers. Right. Especially the starting pitchers. Right? And finally, and I'm speaking of pitchers, we're finally seeing the Steven Strasburg that the Nationals always thought they were going to get, mm-hmm. right? And so it's been really cool for people that have been following Steven Strasburg. My heart broke for him when he had all these injuries and couldn't come back, pitch counts and all that stuff. And now here he is in the biggest moments playing great, and I'm really excited for him. Nats in five. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Nice, nice. Yeah. I'll say Nats in six just to be different, but I, I think the Nationals are going to win. I think this 2 nothing losing two, uh, the two games at home, is going to be a pretty big hill to climb, right? Coming back from down two in D.C. against that pitching staff because Strasburg and Scherzer are going to go again for the Nationals, Mm -hmm. the same as Verlander and Cole are going to go again. But, I mean, you figure the Astros' bats are going to wake up and they'll get a game or two, but I think the Nationals are are going to take it. Yeah. Uh, So opening night was Tuesday night in the NBA. NBA. Um, basketball. It's, it's hard for me to get super excited this early in the season. I mean, I, no, I'm super excited that the season has started. Lakers lost their first game, which was unfortunate. But um, you went to I don't bed think, early, right? I went to bed early. I was on medication. We can talk about that. Oh later. my gosh! I know. I'm surprised I didn't lead the show with that. I was all excited about the guy who was going to go through wormholes and change the weather. Um, but yeah, I mean. We'll end the show these, with that story. These, these teams, you know, early on the first month of the season, they're still figuring out lineups. They're still especially, integrating new players into the roster. Especially LeBron teams. Like LeBron teams traditionally start out slow. When he went to yeah, Miami, we'll he started see. off slow. When he went back to Cleveland after that with Kyrie, they started off slow. Um, like be patient with LeBron. He'll figure stuff out. He'll go into the film room. He'll eat some tacos, and, and he'll be fine. And I mean, what I'll have to keep reminding myself as a Laker fan this season is that they're playing for the postseason. They're playing to keep LeBron healthy and AD healthy, and so they will maybe end up like a four seed or a three seed or a five seed. Like I don't expect them to win the West. Now they could go on some insane run and do it, sure. But I feel like a team more like the Clippers is built for the regular season. They're so deep. 
Um, and they out, they have two, you know, superstars at the top plus, you know, Lou Williams. They're a really good team. Like, I, I would not be surprised at all to see them win it all this year. I know it's a lot to say after one game, but they just they're, they're, they were already a decent team. You throw in uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are super versatile. And Paul George didn't even play last. Uh, no, play he won't. He won't play yeah. for the first you know four weeks or so. And the biggest thing that'll help them with is perimeter defense. Yeah, uh, no, they're they're going to be they're legit. Uh, lots of good teams in the West. Couple really good teams in the East. I mean, same story that we've had, I guess, the last few years. It is last really, decade. Nothing's last two really decades. Especially because Kevin Durant's not healthy. Yeah. Like he would have made a major power shift if the if the Nets had Durant and Irving healthy, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Dude, Kawhi Leonard is for real. Oh like, yeah. The last we saw of Kawhi Leonard, he limped his way to a championship because he was hurt. He was hurt yeah. during during the playoff run that the Raptors had last year. Now he's healthy and he looks amazing. His his mid range game is so good. Like that's that's the part of the game they don't teach or emphasize anymore because it's the least efficient, right? Yeah. Um, but when you have it, it unlocks some other things, right? Like if you have to respect someone's mid range, you 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 have to. I mean, you you can't leave the three. <laughs> okay, Kawhi is is deadly from three. Yep. Mid range. Yep. And driving. Yep. So there's no level that you can like really sag off, or you can be comfortable. Like you just can't be comfortable defending him. And he moves in a weird way. He's kind of got a little bit of Steph Curry, where they it's almost like slithering. They kind of get to where they want to get, and there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, he's that's I mean that's what's really. Um, made him so effective these last couple seasons is his offensive um this the surge offensively that he's had and he's always been a great defender but his ability to shoot from three and mid-range it's just it's really hard to deal with you basically have to double him every time just try and get the ball out of his hands but he makes the right pass you know yeah so he's i think he is he was already the best defensive player, perimeter defensive player in the league, and best transition defensive player, except for when he's chasing something like LeBron, <laughs> who got another epic chase down block opening night. Those are always fun. Oh, man, every time. But now that he's improved his offensive game, and if he's going to be scoring 25-30 a night, I mean, with his defensive skill set, he's going to be one of, if not the best player in the league for a while if he continues to grow the way he's grown year by year. Yeah. And now that he's healthy, I think he'll have an even better year than he had last year with the Raptors. And, uh, you know, there's definitely, you can see the potential there for, for the Lakers of what they want to do and how they want to play, play through Anthony Davis, use the length. They're such a big team. When you have a, when you have down low LeBron, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee, yeah. defensively that's a nightmare when LeBron's locked in. And uh, offensively they just have such length that when they're moving the ball around um, and they, they – they don't get stuck in ISO. Uh, it's just a really, really effective combination. So you've put out one or two really good three-point shooters. Danny Green, he shot 71% from the field. Like, that's Danny Green, welcome to your new life. Right? So he will get a lot of open shots Yeah. because AD, LeBron take up so much attention, right? But that he scored the most points ever in a Laker debut. Yeah. Oh, for think, any player ever? For any player. For any, yeah. So most points ever. So Wow. And that's we're talking about the Lakers, right? Yeah. That's not like we're not talking about the Bucks. We're not talking about one of those other teams. We're not talking about practice. Practice. No, we are talking about a game. Not a, not a game. No, a game. But yeah, I mean, he's he, he's on he's on a team with people who demand multiple defenders and who are able to pass the ball effectively. So 
I'm excited. I don't. I don't. I didn't get too emotional over that. Partly because I was asleep when when the result came through. That'll but. do it. Yeah. When you went to bed around halftime, it was a close game. Yeah. The Lakers had a huge surge in the third quarter. Yeah. And then they they kind of faded after that. But that surge looked real good. It looked like it reminded me of the Warriors when the Warriors would go on one of these runs where you you go to get like you go to the bathroom and come back and they're up 15. Yeah. From a tie game, it, it felt like one of those types the, of surges. The concerning thing was like when LeBron and AD were on the floor, things were going well, and then when they were off the floor, floor it was scary. Like, who's going to carry that team? Kuzma coming back is going to help because yes. offensively he can get a bucket. Um, and then you know, I, I, we'll see if they can get like Iguodala or someone. They've got room to add someone else if they want to. They can trade Demarcus Cousins' contract. Um, Cousins is on that team? He's still on the team, yeah. I, I forgot Remember that. he got injured? <laughs> I forgot that Cousins yeah, was on the team. Yeah, he was sitting on the bench in his uh, street clothes. So, uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really watch any other basketball. I watched some of the, the Raptors, um, what, Raptors-Pelicans? That was a fun game. It was a fun game, yeah. yeah. I think the Pelicans will be fun. Oh, Zion. Zion's injured, yep. and... You just hope. I mean, this is always the concern with a super athletic big guy, right? Uh, who's had relatively short, but some history of, of lower body injuries in, in college, and now a knee injury. He had to have uh, surgery to, to clean up some. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he did, but minor thing. It was a minor. Some minor thing, but he's out, he's out like six to eight weeks, right? Um, the scariest thing that could happen to him is to lose any of his explosiveness. Yep. Right? Because if he becomes a below-the-rim player, he's far less effective. He's not really a threat from outside. Right. Um, and, and, of course, the the Pelicans GM, David Griffin. David Griffin? Yeah. Nice. Good memory, Dave. David Griffin said that he's in peak physical condition. He just had this injury that's getting taken care of, and he'll be fine. But, of course, you'd be extra super cautious with this kid. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, people have said he needs to lose weight. Some people have a bigger body. Yeah. Okay. I have two sons, and they, we, give them relatively the same food, right? This we, okay. Okay. One 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 enjoys eating maybe more than the other. There's a but, reason he's called snack. Yeah, but but even I mean they just they naturally like they come. You and your brother, right? Yeah. You yeah. just have different body types. Yeah, we do. Me and my brother, we have maybe closer body types but still different like me and your wife we have the same body type yeah well i don't i really dislike those comparisons um but anyway people have different body types right and and so zion will probably he's never gonna look like tayshaun prince right i mean and you probably wouldn't want him to the scarecrow skeletor (laughs) did they call him scarecrow i don't know what they called him i think i called him scarecrow yeah he's always he's always gonna He's always going to be, as uh, my mom called it, husky. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I had to buy the husky pants when I was little. <laughs> I like that term, too, right? I More than, like, big and tall, because, like, I'm not tall, so I guess I'm just big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather walk into a store. Do you have the husky, the St. Bernard section? Where's the St. Bernard section? <laughs> Could you imagine if clothes were, were sized not by numbers, but by animal? By animal? Yeah. I'll take the otter, please. Yeah, it's like the zero is the hummingbird, right? I would be the otter because I have yeah. no butt. And I'd be the walrus, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, where's, where's, where's your walrus section? Where's the, uh, where's the uh, small to medium pachyderm section? 
Large land mammals? In the back? Okay. Sorry. That really yeah. got to me. Yeah. I don't know why. That <laughs> I just imagine like opening the tag and it's just like a picture of a bear. <laughs> but I think that could, insp- you know, because like a lot of people have like body image issue, right? But it's like, it's like, oh, you're grizzly. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, you got that right. I'm grizzly, right? Dave, what are you? I'm a wolverine. <laughs> It's a tiny little animal, right? You're, you're an eel, David. I'm an eel. <laughs> I already did this myself with otter. Then you did it to the next level with eel. Gosh. One of my favorite stories is when I, I... I probably told it on the pod when I was like... There was a picture of me from behind during my senior year of baseball. And I was playing really great. And I was really confident. And I was like standing on my... Like leaning against my bat like a cane. And my mm-hmm. sister, Christine... I, wanted, I showed her because I thought I looked really cool. And I wanted her to like me. And I was like... Yeah. Hey, Christine, check out this picture. I was playing really good. And she's like, oh, Dave. Where'd your butt go? <laughs> Well, I had to get my pants at the eel section, so. Mm-hmm. So basketball's fun, and it's back. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. Any, any, I'm overwhelmed oh, by sports how, right now. Yeah, you notice how, like, uh, China just is gone now. We like, don't care about China. We don't, China. we don't care about China Yeah, anymore. Kawhi dunked with his left hand, and That's we right. forget everything about China. That's right. Danny Green hits a three-pointer, and we all lose our minds. Mm-hmm. I, uh... I need I, I need I, to do a better job of paying attention to uh, more teams. It's, 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 it's going to be hard. Yeah, because right now we have World Series, which we're, we're plugged into. Football's in full swing, and basketball is now starting up. And so, as as a sports fan, this is fantastic. Every night there's going to be something meaningful to watch for the next little while, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good feeling. And every once in a while, it'll be a game with serious stakes, like a World Series game or a football mm-hmm. game, right? And then you have basketball games mixed in with storylines. Because early on in the season, basketball is all about storylines. Mm-hmm. It doesn't Games don't really start mattering until after Christmas, right? Right. But I'm so overwhelmed as a sports fan right now. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do to the point where I'm tired, right? Like, I love sports. I love playing. I love watching. But there's sometimes when, like, Thursday night football comes around and I'm like, oh, Patriots are playing the Jets. I'll play Uno with my kids tonight instead or something. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just I'm getting a little bit of sports fatigue because there's so much, like, I've watched every inning of both baseball games, and I'm just tired, dude. Like, I love it, but three and a half hours of sports. It's a slog sometimes. It is. Like, I'll have a game on my phone going, and my wife's like, you're playing on your phone. Like, you're not even paying attention. And then as soon as I hear something, I look up. As soon as I hear, like, two strikes, I'll look up. As soon as I hear the contact of a bat, I'll look up. So it's like, baseball's okay for that because you can have something else going on. But I've been so invested in these games because it's, like, close games, and it's like... Except for the second game where it was just the Nationals crushing everything. But anyway, I'm exhausted as a sports fan. Like, we haven't even talked about football at all yet. You and my Niners it. are 6-0 and now. My Niners are 6-0. and And they, they won a slog against the, the Redskins, <laughs> right? That but was that, a muddy mess. Oh, it was bad. But, of course, like I said, what does defense do? Defense travels, mm-hmm. right? And it plays in any condition. So the defense won that game for the 49ers. And, you know, the rain was probably the best player on the Redskins the other day. Yeah. Um... Big story for me of the football weekend was Mahomes, right? Like, what does that injury look like in two, three weeks, in two, three months? Um, he was already dealing with the ankle injury. Right, and the Chiefs, of course, are thinking in the next two, three, five, ten years. Right. They have to They have to look at it that way because he's that valuable of an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I haven't actually seen if he's slated to play or not. Apparently he was practicing today. He was after, back at practice, yeah. After dislocating his knee. Well, what, what, a dislocated knee in 2019 is very different from a dislocated knee in 20, you know, 2005. So I almost said 2005, and I would wait, have asked you to slap my. Why wrist is it different? Me. Technology, mm. medicine, 
because of the iPhone? Yeah, they just scan it with the iPhone. Okay. Sure. There's, this, there's an app for that. Yeah, fix my knee app. Uh, One time I broke my kneecap. Yeah. I'll split it right in half. It hurt. That sounds like it would hurt. Yep. Did you have to get it screwed back together? Yeah, yeah. They put a screw right through it. And the, the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon, bless his heart, uh, after I came back, he was like, you know, that was the first time I've done one of those. Uh, this is after, like, everything we found was okay. And he was like, it was perfect, though, because uh, a few months after I did your surgery, so they were planning on putting two screws back in, but the, cl- the break was so clean, there was no pieces of bone or anything. The kneecap just split right in half. They put one screw right in the middle, and it fit right back together like a puzzle piece. Wow. The surgeon was like, oh, my gosh. Like, he couldn't believe. And I walked around for a day with a broken kneecap. Like, yeah. I walked around. I went out to eat. I, I did other things. And uh, Cool. Anyway. Wow. Good, and then, wow, good story. I'm cool. not done. And then, so the doctor, he said, I'm glad it worked out this way because. <laughs> glad it worked about, out this way. <laughs> yeah. About two months later. An 80-year-old man came in with the exact injury. Really? Almost the exact same. He was like, I know exactly what to do. And I was like, I'm glad I could be your guinea pig, Doc. But yeah, I was back to playing baseball about two months after that and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the surgeon did a great job. That's like the first time I rode the tube in London after I got off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not in the UK. (laughs) Oh, sorry. After I rode the subway in in London. like tube. Like the very first time I rode it after I got off, someone asked me how to get somewhere, and it was where I just came from. I was like, oh, you get on that one, you go that way. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Was it a Brit that asked you? No, he was like Polish or something. <laughs> how did the Polish guy pick out the one American dude? Polish. That's crazy. I mean, they're, you know, they're not good at stuff. Whoa. Right? I mean, that's the stereotype. Shots fired I think they Poland. actually are, you know, like sausages and polka? I don't know. What else are they... Wait, wait, is Polka Polish? I don't know. What is... Is Pol- Maybe German? I'll get research on it right now. I don't know. No, the Polish are great. I've always had a good relationship Spell with the Polka Polish. Polka with an L? Let me, let me go into Trump more mode. Polish are great. I have a deep respect for whoever leads Poland. They're going to get a great deal. Be quiet. The Polka is originally a bohemian dance and genre of dance music... Familiar throughout Europe and the Americas, it originated in the middle of the 19th century in Bohemia, now part of the Czech Republic. Oh, okay. Research. Oh, oh right below that. Is the polka from Poland? <laughs> oh, the first records of polka music can be found in the written rec- recordings in Poland and Czech music papers Yay, in the early 1800s. I'm smart. So, yeah, Yay. There you go. so there, there's, a, there's a slight Polish connection. Slight. Origin. How many times have you gone to read Polish and read Polish instead? <laughs> zero? Yeah. Is like zero? The Polish, yeah. the Polish soldiers. Like, maybe they were just, like, really, really professional. The Polish What? Super. Okay. It's spelled the same. Uh, Polish and Polish. Uh, so, speaking of health concerns, David. English. Yeah. So, I had to go to bed early during the Lincoln game because the night before. All right, so we were playing a video game. Laura was yeah, on the couch. This was a weird experience for me, by yeah. the way. Like I, I experienced all this very strange. But go ahead. Yeah. So, so you and I were we were playing a video game. We were talking over over the internet because technology. Laura was uh, watching Pride and Prejudice on the couch next. Oh to me. my snooze fest! Oh my gosh! Okay, stop everything. Okay. I hate all of those. Pride and Prejudice. Emma. Sense Jane of sensibility. Austin. I hate all of them. What? I hate every She's single one of those. She's a national treasure. She's Down not even from here. Not my national treasure. She could be someone else's national treasure. Tim Kirchin's my national treasure way before Jane Austen is, okay? Look, stuffy British lady who wrote about stuffy British people who didn't have any real concerns in their lives. Their biggest concern was, hey, pickledy I hope my daughter marries someone wealthy. It's always the same story, too. Get out, yes, get out of town with that. 
Like, oh, but that's how it was, Dave. That's how it was. It's true to life. That's what they had. That's what they experienced. I don't read stuff to. I mean, I don't want real life stuff. And if you, if and if you're gonna talk about real life stuff, talk about interesting real life stuff. Yeah. Like the creation of Amazon, or like the burning of the Amazon, or other Amazon related things. But don't talk to me about no. boring crap like, oh, I hope Mr. Bennett helps me marry someone wealthy. Get out of town with that crap. So boring, so lame, do not care at all. And I think those shows are terrible. They shouldn't be 20 minutes long, let alone eight hours long. Get out of here, BBC, thinking that your old British TV Jane Austen shows are any good. Why are you? Because they're not. Why are you devoting so much energy to this? I don't know. Who's making you watch this or read this? My wife asked me to watch these shows with her sometimes. Okay. I called it Boring McLame Show. Okay. Anytime there's any of these shows on, Emma, Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, any of these, I just say, oh, you're watching Boring McLame Show? And she's like, no! And I was like, why do your voice get so high when you're upset? It doesn't! So are you guys going to come over and watch the Downton Abbey no. movie when it comes no. out on video? No. Throw it up no. on the big screen. No. Surround no. sound down no. Abbey. No. Surround sound. <laughs> Useless thing. You can hear it. So you can hear Mr. Darcy talk to you from eight different angles. Ooh. <laughs> or whatever their name is. There's, there's glasses the chinking on the right of me and glasses <laughs> chinking to the left of me. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, I'm Please. sure there will be at least one gunshot. <laughs> I doubt it. A, a duel. Uh, a duel at dawn. Pistols at dawn, but it's saved because a woman says, but I love him. <laughs> All right, so we were playing shows. video games, and about five minutes before I, I got off, I started to feel a little uh, like discomfort. I wouldn't even call it pain at that point. Some discomfort, like tightness yeah. in my like lower right back area. Yeah, you didn't talk about this at all when we were playing. No. Um, but if you'll remember, I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I don't know if you remember that. You remember exactly when I, I said I was going to go to the bathroom, I David? do not track your bathroom trips. Okay. So I went, I, uh, I uh, went number one, and that is there urine. was a he sensation, he went pee. sensation during my number one that... Um, Urination? Yes. That <laughs> was unpleasant as well. And it was more of a burning sensation. And I thought, well, that's interesting. That's atypical. Normally... It doesn't burn. And, I'm sorry, uh, but it's like you won't say like go pee or urination. You have to call it number one, but then you'll say burning sensation. Yeah. Related to, uh, anyway, there's layers. There are layers right. here. Keep going. And then I sat back down, and, um, and it just got to be – now discomfort was leading to pain, so I said I was going to take off for the night. And then as soon as we got off, I told her, I was like, this is, like, this is weird. I'm feeling a lot of pain here in my back, and it's kind of now traveling on my side and – and, and maybe to the front a little bit and maybe it's the kidney and so she said you know go drink some water which i did and then I like by seriously from the time it took me to go from upstairs to downstairs i could hardly walk anymore like the pain was so bad and i just i laid on the bed and it was it was starting to get unbearable we called colt my uh my our our the family's on-call physician he's awesome uh, and he, he, you know, he was right on the money. He was like, yeah, it's probably, it could be like a kidney stone or maybe an infection or something like that. That's so much cooler than me being like the family's on-call grammar expert. <laughs> and we can Google that stuff, right? Well, there are some things that require a little bit of nuance, Anthony. Okay. Google is, uh, doesn't know everything. Yeah. It's, well. But you can use Google they, to find Google, people that Google do has achieved quantum supremacy. Did you see that? I saw a headline. I was like, ain't nobody got time for this. I'm driving in a rainstorm. So. <laughs> Sounds like something you would find in an Ant-Man movie. Or in Australia. 
And uh, so he's like, if the pain gets to be too bad, you probably might have to go into the into the ER because it was at this point it was late at night. He's like, if you can like hold off until tomorrow, maybe you go to like an urgent care. And uh, yeah, within about an hour, I was just I knew I wasn't gonna be able to sleep. And I wasn't comfortable at all. Super painful. So we had to decide, like, okay, do we wake up all the kids and, like, take everyone? Or can I make the drive myself? And uh, I probably, thinking back now, made the dumb choice to drive myself. It all worked out. I made it there. But I don't, was, don't like... Don't spoil the ending. What if it didn't work out for you? <laughs> what if you didn't what make if it? What if I didn't make it? Um, it was... But, but the drive there, I mean, I was, like biting on my hand biting on my shirt like it was super painful and i was doing all i could just to like keep the car on the road because it was so super painful so this is how i experienced this right so you go to bed yeah i'm up a little bit later whatever just hanging out wasn't quite ready to go to sleep yet i get a call from your wife at like midnight and i'm like oh is, is everyone okay is everything all right and she's like yeah everything's fine everyone's fine mm. I was like, okay, what's up? Anthony's in the hospital. I was like, wait a second, hold on. You can't go from everyone's okay, everyone's fine to your next sentence be Anthony's in the hospital. I was like, what's going on? And so she explains that you went to the hospital, you went to the ER and stuff. I was like, okay, well, what do you need me to do? She's like, well, maybe nothing. Just just wanted to let you know we might need your help with something. I was like, okay, let me know. I can like I can get a substitute to go to my classes tomorrow. I can come and like stay with the kids where you're with him. Like Anthony drove himself. Like he drove himself. I was like, okay. Like I see that maybe. But what shocked me the most was that I did I stayed up. Because I like, I wanted to make sure that if they needed something, I could hurry, like, get a lesson plan and a substitute ready to go, mm-hmm. so I could then like go help you with whatever you needed, right? Yeah. But what happened? I didn't get a call. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, maybe Laura went to get him. Maybe he stayed the night at the hospital. Like, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Well, while you were awake, nothing was going on. I was just sitting in the waiting room with the ER. Now you would think ER stands for emergency room. Now I worked in a I know I worked in an ER. I know yeah. exactly that. Yeah, I know. There there are emergent cases and they're just like, oh you're in excruciating pain and it's not life threatening. Okay, we're gonna deal with this gunshot wound instead for yeah. a little while. In in my mind though, my insight was going to explode any moment. Your like, insides <laughs> wanted to become your outsides. That's what it felt like. Uh, but I get there and there's there's two people in front of me. And, uh, one with dental pain and one with the no, stubbed toe. No, no. One guy was like in a wheelchair with a towel uh, like over his head, like a wet towel, and he was like barfing uncontrollably, f- like for thirty minutes. And, and I'm just like in looking, the waiting room. Yes, and I'm like looking. Well, he's into a bag. Well, yeah, but, yeah. But he's in the. And I just room. like keep looking at the nurse, like, uh, should this guy be here? Like, what if he's got Ebola? I don't know. And uh, eventually, he was taken back. Then the other person who was there in front of me, I couldn't tell what they had. They were sitting quietly. Um, maybe they had nothing. Maybe they had nothing. They were taken back. And then I'm like, sweet, I'm next. And then a guy walks in with bandages around his head and just blood coming from the bandages. Come on, Gary. And his like, arms are all torn up. Come all, on, dude. All bloody. and I Motorcycle crash? If you were telling me this, maybe. If you were telling me this, I'd probably pass out because I actually saw it and I know exactly what it looked like doesn't really affect me. That's weird. So seeing it in person, zero effect. But me describing like an injury I saw in the ER would freak you out. Yeah. That's weird. Um, Have you seen someone about that? Like someone who specializes I, in brain things? Why do I? Why? Why, why uh, do I need uh, to? It would just be interesting. No. Um, and and so, I think you're kind of crazy. <laughs> so I see him. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a jerk. And like, 
obviously a brain injury is more important than exploding insides than exploding maybe than exploding insides and like he obviously looks where i'm like hunched over a chair and he's like bleeding from many parts of his body yeah 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 yeah. and so So i don't know if you know this but people can die from loss of blood oh at least you just not lose as much yeah uh and so they take him back almost like within a couple minutes and um and so then I, I think, okay, I'm next. and uh, But they're, like, out of rooms at this point. Apparently it's a very busy uh, Monday night at the ER. You never know with those places, man. Uh, so eventually, I, after about two hours of waiting. <laughs> so we're talking, like, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. I get, I, they take me back there, and I get to see the physician. And she's, um, She's like, yeah, it's probably a kidney stone. Uh, those are super painful. Um, she's like, how's your pain? And I'm like, 10, 10. Like, I, I mean, like, it's the it's the worst pain I've ever felt. And I've had, let's recap. I had dental work done in Peru without any uh, anesthetic, no Novocaine, nothing like that. I just would have waited till I got back <laughs> to the States. Take I my had, teeth, I don't care. I also had a foot operation in Peru That's without right. any anesthetic. Wasn't there a worm in your foot? Uh, well, it was some insect that, like, had burrowed in. Yeah. Gross. Uh, and then, um, Ugh. I had a donkey bite me on the shoulder. What? When I was 10. Okay. Uh, You've lived some life, man. Oh, I stepped on my wife's earring three weeks ago, and it went all the way in. Oh. Like, the metal, you know, a good quarter of an inch stem, oh, and man. it went right in. Right into the bottom of my foot. Like the soft part? Like the arch of your foot? Mm. Or in your heel? I think it was one of the toes. Oh, or man. or ball of the foot. Right, oh. right in that area. Like your your, your toe knuckles. You know what I'm talking about at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I've had my fair share of pain. Yeah, you're you're well. And I'm sure there's pain. many other things that I can't remember right now because I was. Didn't con- you like really, or... Didn't you really eat it when you're on a date with my? Oh uh, yeah. Sis, uh, date with my sister. I totally you... rollerblades. Yeah, I went down a hill and rolled most of the way down the hill. Nah. <laughs> um, had a massive bruise. It was pretty gnarly. Um, gnarly is definitely a word you have to use to describe an injury you receive if you're rollerblading. Yes. When you're on wheels or a surfboard, gnarly yep. is the appropriate yep. term. I had to avoid using the word biff when talking about you <laughs> falling on rollerblades because it's just how it works. You yeah. biff it on rollerblades. It's what you do when you fall. You don't fall. You biff it. Uh, so she's like, okay, well, before we like give you any kind of pain medication, like let's do a CT scan and make sure what? that like what you've got is what you got. Make sure that – anyways. So why – so you're in terrible pain. Yeah. How is the pain medication going to make the scans any better? Well, I because they got to hook me up to the IV for the medication. So? And I guess they're not going to do, do that while I'm going through the CT. Oh, that makes sense. Like the, the imaging? I don't know. They could have injected you with... Anyway, I don't going, know, David. I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not either, but I worked... I worked. I saw plenty of medications given without an IV. Okay. They're called uh, syringes. <laughs> and so they they take me back. They do the scanning. At this point, it's... Seriously, it's, it's, it's even worse than it has been all night. And I cannot sit still in the wheelchair. I'm like... Rocking. I'm, I'm rocking back and forth. And of course, oh. my favorite thing is you have to go lay down in that CT scan place that Colpete completely still. Yeah. You're like, okay. And he's like, hold your breath. I was like, I cannot. How about I just don't inhale? I just can't. <laughs> so, like, well, so I can't breathe. Can I just exhale really slowly? They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, again, worst pain I've ever felt. Um, I read that, okay, and this was a survey of women, okay? Women who have given birth and who have had kidney stones. 15, and they, they surveyed 20 women, I think, and 15 of the 20 said the kidney stones were as bad or worse Whoa. than labor. Okay, I'm not claiming that I know what it feels like. Or that my experience was worse than anyone who has given birth. Right, but it sounded like you were citing a study to prove that exact point. <laughs> but for for a, I would say, a 20 to 30 minute period from like the CT scan to when I actually got dosed. With what? This is important for the story later. Let me get there. Oh. I, I was in the worst pain I've ever felt. And I felt like at any moment like... This was gonna be it. Like I was just gonna, like my body was just gonna shut down because it was it like pass so out bad. or yeah. die. Well, I hopefully pass out. But, gotcha. Uh, but you were waiting for that sweet release of sleep. Yeah, and so finally, finally, um, I get the uh, the IV hookup, and they start pumping me with fluids and uh, and morphine. Mm-hmm. I got the sweet sweet morphine. Um, so now I know what it's like to don't, don't that to give birth. Sure. And I also know what it's like to be a World War II soldier huh. uh, that gets the morphine. The morph. Um, and that thing was almost instant, man. Like, when they put that in, the pain. Okay, but you had a different experience because we were, we were talking about it the yes. next day. So, so your experience is very foreign from mine because when I was – I had a, my appendix ruptured, but uh, – it swelled in such a way that it was causing pressure points in other parts of my body that I would call sensitive. Okay. And so they're all focused on those sensitive parts of my body and yeah. examining that and all that stuff. And uh, my appendix went untreated. Mm. And then it ruptured the next day. Mm. But I was in terrible pain. So when we go to the hospital, uh, I'm, I'm in terrible pain. I told my family at one point I was in so much pain I thought I was going to die. It was bad. And uh, a guy came in. He was like, hey, I was delirious with pain. I was like, hey, are you going to give me the medicine and stuff? I, I, I appreciate you, man. I was just being weird. This is my junior yeah. year of high school. And once the, once the needle went in, I don't remember anything from that moment on. It completely messed me up. Like, complete memory blackout. Wow. Okay? I couldn't have driven. I didn't trust myself to walk around the hospital or be alone. And my mom said I was conscious during the whole thing. But my mind on morphine doesn't remember a thing. Like, if you want me to not remember something you do, just give me some morphine. I will not remember. So I got my morphine at about 2.30 in the morning. Um, They were running tests, blood tests, urine tests. Had, like, the blood in the urine, all that stuff. Lovely. Um, (laughs) That's a frightening thing, dude. (laughs) Women are used to that. When it happens to a guy, it's like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) That doesn't come out of that. Yeah, it's like, this is what happened. Yeah. Um... And so I, you know, I was sitting there for about two hours with the morphine and like, I was totally lucid. Like people come in, I talked to them, felt fine. I have total recollection of everything that happened. You like, all your coordination was fine. Like, were you like reading on your phone? Like, what were you doing? Um, yeah, I was mostly hanging out on my phone. I tried to sleep a little bit, but couldn't really cause people just kept coming in, you know? Uh, we even went over like billing. Someone came in and like, so obviously like. They wouldn't have me do billing, like, if I weren't mentally there, right? Well, <laughs> well they shouldn't. Um, they, they have laws and stuff. Like, they can't, at least in, in Utah, you couldn't go in and talk to somebody until they'd been seen by a physician. Okay. I, I made the mistake once of, well, a doctor made a mistake once of saying that he had seen a patient, and I went in to talk to her, make sure her insurance was all set, to see if she wanted to make her copay at the hospital that night instead of waiting to get billed for it. 
She's like, what are you doing coming here talking to me? It's like, oh, well, the doctor's seen you, so I'm coming here to make sure your insurance is all. She's like, I haven't been seen by a doctor. How are you going to come talk to me without giving me any medication for this pain? And I was like, lady, I'm so sorry. And I, I went to leave. Yeah. And she was like, oh, no. She just handed me, like, her credit card. And I was like, swipe out. Okay. That was, but anyway, that's that's the rule in, in Utah. I don't, I don't know about Texas. Oh, I, I think they're a little more, they're probably a little more cowboy with their I medical I probably would laws. have had a very similar reaction if someone tried to get me to pay before I uh, was dosed up. You always could just say later. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not now. Um Anyway, so everything came back uh, fine. Um, I mean, they, they, she verified that there was a, a stone in the kidney or a kidney stone somewhere along the uh, the tract. I don't know. And she's like, I don't know when it's going to come out, but like, drink lots of water. Here's some medicines to take. Um, and uh, good luck. If it gets unbearable again, come back. Or if you start like throwing up and stuff, come back. And uh, I basically, I got home. It's like 5 a.m., so I drove whoa, myself whoa, whoa, home. Whoa. Okay, you just skipped right over the whole thing of driving yourself home on a, like, category 5 narcotic or whatever they call it, right? A controlled substance that they do not sell anywhere to anybody. Yeah. And you just drove home with it? Well, I, mean, I stayed up late to see if you needed help with that exact <laughs> thing, and then that exact thing happened, and you still drove yourself home. I could have picked you up. Yeah. I could have gone to your house. Well, I could have helped you, but you drove home on a drug. I'm surprised they actually let me. Yeah. Like, I... It must be like I, I, a walking I did, morphine. I did start to feel some pain towards the end, like the a drive? little bit. No, of the hospital state. Oh, so I they would... must have like weaned me off pretty quick. Oh. I don't. I don't really know how that works. Maybe Colt can tell us. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I drove home. Felt fine actually. Actually went to work and grabbed my laptop because it was fine. Because I knew I would be taking the day off or uh, probably a couple of days to recover, and so I wanted to have my uh, work laptop in case something urgent came up. And, like uh, a kidney stone. Like, yeah. And uh, basically, as soon as I got home, it's like 5.30 now, I uh, went to the bathroom and bloop, it came right out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like zero strange. I, I just, birthed my stone. It just happened? Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't pleasant, but there was like not much resistance. Really? Yeah. Like when you, okay, when people It wasn't like blockage and then like the dam bursts. It wasn't right. that, you know? It was just like it kind of came out with the stream and I could I I right before I could feel it coming out, <laughs> right? And I was like, "Oh no, oh no, oh no." Oop, and then it's there. So and it hurt, but it so was was uh, the most painful part when it was in your system. Yes, definitely. That was the most painful part. Yes. And so, because I always imagine like that ending part, like the actual removal, was well, like the hardest part. Well, I think I always imagine there was a sound yeah. to it, like, like <laughs> I, I go close to my. I imagine there was a sound like. Well, I think what um, what probably helped was I was still probably morphinized, morphed up. Yeah, and so I, I still had some of that in me. I still had some of that in me. I'd already at that point popped a coating. Uh, that that I'd been given, and so I was probably still very heavily medicated. So that helped with some of the pain, right? Um, but crazy experience. And so it was then like you know, by the time I was like settled down, ready to go to bed, it was six a.m. Dang. And so uh, you kept the stone, right? You were told to oh, keep yeah. it. Did you have to fish it out of the toilet? Obviously, right? I did. I guess sometimes they give you a strainer to catch it in. Makes sense. Um, but I was given no such strainer. <gasps> what? So, this hospital. Down with this hospital, man. Yeah. So I, I fished it out and it's, uh, yeah, I can show it to you. <laughs> sure. Now, I'm upset that you didn't give me the chance to name it. Well, you can you can name it. You told me I couldn't. No, no, no. You asked me uh-huh. if you can name it. Yes. And I said yes. No, no, no. No, I, there I were like you, five. I, yeah, I said, had you named okay, it? Okay, I'm You said no. I'm fine. Then, okay, you said, I'm had you named it? No. And the next question was, David. can I name it? And you said no. You sure? Yeah, because I was crushed. You sure? I, was, I thought we were friends. And I just felt crushed that you wouldn't let me name your kidney stone. 
Okay, let's see. Yeah, let's go through. Receipts. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You asked me one, two, three, four, five questions. Yep. Okay. Let's go question by question. Question by question. You still on morphine? No. This is 11 a.m. the next day. Yeah. Okay. You still on morphine? No. Did you go to work? Two. No. Did you keep the stone? Three. Yes. If you did, did you name it? No. Oh, dang. If you haven't, may I? <gasps> yes. I can name it. I read that wrong. And then you gave me a sad face, which I guess I should have interpreted as you thinking I didn't allow you to name it. But no, you can name it. Nice. I don't mind. What are you, what are you going to name it? I'm thinking about like Anthony the Third. No. Well, like... I don't mm-hmm. know. I'll think of something, but... Something burn S- Sylvester burn the Stone? <laughs> That's weird. You don't like Sylvester the Stone? <laughs> I mean, like, I think we could do better, David. Let's have let's have a name ready for next week, okay? I'll show it. Hey, about this. I'll show it to you. You get to look it's at hard. it. You can it's play. Hard you can to take know. it home, play yes. with it. Like when you have a get puppy. Get to know him. Yeah, you bring a puppy home. Sometimes a puppy, you just can't name a puppy Spot. Yeah. And sometimes Spot is the only name for a puppy. I imagine it would be the same thing with your kidney stone. You know who's had a lot of stones in our family? And a shout out to you, Sister Heather. Oh, sorry, Heather. Yeah, yeah. She went through a period we'll where We'll have to compare was, notes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was <laughs> weird. But we... <laughs> sorry. I just thought that would be a weird conversation that I want to be a fly on the wall for. But I... Uh, yeah, she had she went through a period where she was passing stones regularly. So, homegirl is a warrior. Uh, yeah, I I I am so afraid of it happening again. It was that it was so painful. I just I can't imagine it happening again. So I'm going to drink water only for like the rest of my life. Yeah, okay. I'm never drinking. So- I haven't had a soda since Monday, and uh, you know, it's tough, but it's worth it. Wait, so you can get a, these- you can get kidney stones from sodas. Well, one of the first things she asked me, do you drink a lot of soda and caffeine? I was like, at the same time. <laughs> and uh, she's okay. like, well, might want to reduce that and in- increase the water. Oh. So that's part of it. Uh, there's a lot of other things that can contribute to it. But sure. that's what I'm going to go with because I don't want to give up the other things, obviously. I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm doing some calculus in my head. Like, yeah. How many, how many Cokes am I willing to give away a day? You've probably got a massive kidney stone just building up right there. Bring oh, it on. Oh. No, don't bring it on. Well, if it's big enough, they have to uh, go in. And like a laser, right? Or some kind of tool. A freaking laser beam. I don't know where they go in. Oh, never mind. I don't know. Look, look. All I know, all I know okay. is that it's a terrible experience that I've heard from several people about having. And whenever they talk about it, I'm like super afraid that it's going to happen to me. But not afraid enough to give away uh, my Coca-Cola. Until next time, hope you all stay kidney stone free. And uh, that's in five. That's in five? Yeah. All right, that's in five. Go Niners.